0: Go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, A-Double. You're now tuned in to episode 126 of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, First things first, uh, like I told y'all in episode 125, y'all need to check out my man Jesse up there at Labor Max Staffing off of 84th and L. Put a little bit of bread in your pocket. You can contact the big homie at 402-614-2929. Again, that's 402-614-2929. He got that work for you. You know, it's temp work, but you get paid the same day. So, you know, you need some groceries or you need to pay a cell phone bill or some of that extent. Um, You know, go ahead and hit the big homie up at labor max staffing 402-614-2929 uh, a couple things before we get started on that good old summer jam screen uh, the old lolos up there on 72nd and ames is being gutted out and renovated and uh, mouth of the south is going in there so uh mouth of the south was a restaurant that was down there on north 30th um that was down there by the mormon bridge it was pretty good southern cuisine food um decently priced and, uh, you know, couple, you know, two people eating, a couple drinks and things like that. You know, you're spending 40, 50 bucks. Nothing too crazy. So they will be, uh, so if you remember, was it last year, or the year before last, they burned down, uh, some kind of kitchen fire or something like that. And they said they would be back. Everybody thought they were going to come back. They didn't know what happens. Well, boom. There you go. Mouth of the South is coming back. It's going to be up there at the old Lolo's location off of 72nd and Ames. Uh, so it's good. Another, uh, you know, kind of a southern food spot is going in there. Um, I'm just glad they didn't try to do another barbecue joint or some shit like that, you know, uh, a burger place or some shit, you know, throw up like a FUD Ruckers here or some shit like that. Uh, so that's so we'll see what we'll see how it goes. I think that location is a little bit cursed because there's been so many restaurants in and out of that place, but. You know we'll see what happens um, you know it's a very busy location so I don't understand uh, you know what's going on I think maybe that lease that rent be a little bit too damn high and it gets to, it starts eating into those profits but um let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen um, so I'm seeing that uh, you know a lot of hurt people uh, who are claiming that black men uh, i'm sorry straight black men are the uh, white people of uh, black society or the oppressors um the, they got some help now they got some uh, they recruited the blurds now i saw that online uh it's been going on the past few weeks uh some of these blurs, aka black nerds have been writing dissertations about you know black men uh, being the oppressors of the black community and the only thing that I will say about this is you just kind of see that this is um You know, I ain't going to say the riff raff of black community at all, you know, because I love and appreciate everybody in my community. Um, But, you know, it's just time to just call a spade a spade. You know, hurt people hurt people. That's all it is. That's all that we're witnessing right now. You look at the people who do claim that black men are the oppressors of black of the black society. And, uh, you know, now that they recruited the blurs, these are uh, hurt individuals who've probably been bullied in the past um you know by some black athletes in high school or junior high or some uh you know some street cats uh in their neighborhood or something to that extent and um you know like with with the women claiming that these are you know i believe some hurt women you know who uh laid up with a dusty nigga who sold them a dream and you know the shit just didn't work out and then we have our you know um the other, you know, so-called riffraff of black society, you know, chiming in on, on that, the uh, outsiders, you know, they, you know, shit on something to, you know, kind of join in. But I'm not going to go in too deep about it. The only thing that I will say, like I said before, is just hurt people, hurt people that's the only thing it is you're just fishing for a reaction uh you have nothing better else to do and it's therapeutic for you uh but in this climate you need to chill with that shit you really do let that hurt go and i'm gonna tell you right now this is from a street nigga to y'all weirdos out there i love y'all i'm gonna just say that right now a black man is telling y'all he loves y'all and y'all need to cut the bullshit out so um especially in this climate right so there's this guy named eric sellers he's a former marine and he's been outed and exposed as uh, you know one of these guys who's out here training uh white supremacists uh in the art of war and the art of combat um so while we sitting up here arguing on the plantation if straight black men are the you know oppressors of black community you know, you got those on the other side, you know, training and fighting for a goddamn war right now, and, um, but I, I think he's been, uh, this Eric Sellers guy, nothing can be done to him, because I think he was discharged, but he's actually just, you know, out here, just training motherfuckers, and, uh, you know, just letting it do what it do, uh, you know, training these guys in uh, hand-to-hand combat um, and techniques uh, with uh, firearms and things of that sort while we sitting up here bullshitting and playing. And then... Uh, it's just, it seems like, uh, some of these white supremacists are like circling their wagons. What we're seeing, what's going on right now. So you got this guy, Eric Sellers, out here training these white militia groups and these white supremacists. Then you got California. There's a proposal, um, about, uh, California being broken down into, uh, three states. Because it's so damn big, right? Supposedly. Um, so Tim Draper... He tried to do this back in 2014, and this is a billionaire here who uh, basically invests in small businesses and, uh, well, tech startups and things of that sort. So this guy, he tried to propose to have California broken up into six states back in 2014, didn't get enough signatures uh, to get it on uh, the ballot. So now we're going to break it down into three, and then, I think he did something shady or something like that. No, well, he paid... uh, canvassers uh the people who were taking uh the you know the signatures and shit three dollars per signature and so they got enough signatures and uh it's going the californians are going to vote on this so it'll be broken down into california northern california and southern california um now california this past election has all has uh had what was it uh 50 it 55 votes yeah 55 votes electoral votes and you know you need to get to 270 to win Uh, that's a big ass chunk right there and um so it just seems like gerrymandering at its finest because he's talking about that there needs to be a smaller government in california to uh, serve the people and all this other shit and the democrats have been running california uh as far as electoral votes uh since what was it the 90s um when uh republicans came out they started to catch hell uh back was that early 90s or is it mid 90s it was in the 90s i'll just say that when they uh the republicans introduced uh, proposition eighty one eighty seven, 187 and uh that was basically denying basic services human rights services you know health care things of that sort just basic fucking services to immigrants and uh that just really kind of rubbed the californian elites the wrong way and the the public in general so if they would have introduced this shit now in uh 2018 2017 2018 it would have been a different story that shit might have got passed uh due to the climate they were in right now but this was you know 20 some odd years ago you know 25 years ago maybe And so that's when Republicans, you know, people start looking at Republicans funny in the light and you got you got Hollywood out there and you have just so many big stars out there, uh, you know, who are mainly bleeding heart liberals and things of that sort. So you have this Tim Draper guy coming in saying that the government needs to do his job. Uh, It needs to be smaller government to serve the people. And, you know, what that breaks down to every time you hear somebody talk about smaller government, it means what? say it with me only to benefit the majority the so-called majority right and you know we can actually go a little bit deeper into this you know what i'm saying you know it's gerrymander it would be gerrymandering at its finest to break this up right we can go a little deeper and see that it could be about uh securing the future you know for the so-called majority uh in the west now newsweek and the new york times just came out was it uh today with articles uh speaking about the decline of the uh white race uh the white non-hispanic race meaning that more whites are dying than being born and less immigrants coming in from european countries and the median age for a non-hispanic white person in the u.s as of today is actually 43 and a half years old while a white hispanic is at 29.3 and across the country Asians rose in population by just over 3 percent white Hispanics by 2.1 percent and black folks uh, about 1.2 percent so it shouldn't surprise you you know when you see shit like this when they're talking about we need a smaller government and things of that source because it's all about building a ethno state uh white utopia and uh so because the numbers are dwindling that's just what it boils down to and uh, they were saying in this newsweek article even if you know uh, white folks started you know fucking like jackrabbits. it's just that they're dying off too quickly and the opioid uh, epidemic is not helping at all that's happening you know in the rural east coast uh, it's just ripping up and down and these folks are just dying left and right so that's not helping the numbers out at all so it shouldn't surprise you when you see you know, little gimmicks and things like this being, uh, happened, you know, you see Trump supporters, you know, foaming at the mouth when you speak about border protection, right? So, it's cause it's all about, you know, numbers are dwindling and things like that. And the president himself, uh, the Cheeto in chief has even said that, you know, how come we don't get, you know, people from what was in Norway or some shit like that instead of these people from shithole countries. So he knows exactly what the fuck is going on. So you shouldn't be surprised that, you have all these little uh white hispanic children you know being separated from their parents at the borders and thrown into these old ass walmarts and these tent cities and all this other shit now i know that he wrote an executive order to you know stop that but let's see once the smoke clears how many of these children have lost and i ain't gonna say shit about organ harvesting at all but uh you know uh the cheeto in chief also tweeted about uh, not too long ago about not wanting to be like europe when it came to immigration and if you look at uh some of these right uh these far right groups in europe that's all that they talk about is uh, muslims coming over uh you know these these dark-skinned middle easterners you know these these darkies coming over and they're talking about that their that europe is not going to look like europe uh you know it just won't and uh then there's also And I think I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before, but the working age, uh, the boom, there's a boom in Africa as far as, uh, you know, Africans, uh, black Africans, um, as far as uh, kids being becoming working age in the next 10 years. And and I think what is it like over 40 some percent of the population is going to be African in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. And so what you're going to start seeing now um so you're gonna start seeing these jigs like breaking up california um tougher border um protection uh tougher immigration from certain places and that's what happened with that so-called muslim ban right because you didn't want these darkies in here and uh what happened with puerto rico right so you seen what happened in puerto rico you know uh you know that that weather hit hurricane hit <clears throat> and then the u.s just pretty much kind of backed out like uh, fend for yourself you know, we'll do what we can, but, like, celebrities are doing more than the actual government, even though that's a U.S. territory, so, you know, after all those brown people down there die off, they'll probably turn Puerto Rico into some kind of resort or some shit like that, and so you see all these other groups suffering, and, uh, just with these, uh, so-called, uh, policies being in place, and it's all about, you know, protecting the you know, uh, trying to fix the decline of the white race to continue to be the majority and to continue to dominate. But if that does not happen, they will like to create some kind of apartheid state, you know, where the, the few rule the many. So that's what it's going to boil down to. And you're going to see this uh, over and over with different policies. And, you know, there was so much outcry of these white Hispanic children, uh, you know, being separated from their parents that it felt like the administration was like oh shit we can't get away with that yet you know what i'm saying it's one of those things where it was just like oh it's too many folks even white folks and republicans you know because i seen uh laura bush even came out and said some george w's uh wife came out and said that this policy was wrong so you had white folks coming out speaking out against it because it's just like this can't be you can't be this blatant you know as far as harming another group it can't be that blatant it has to be something where uh you harm the majority of this group but you have to sprinkle in some white folks too so it could look colorblind you know so you can look colorblind with these policies but it has to hurt the majority of the group sort of like um the uh the era of mass incarceration right so you looked at this whole era that was another thing that basically decimated you know, a group to try to help another group to help the majority decimate the black community, try to boost up the majority. Right. So when you think about crime, you you automatically just think black folks and maybe some brown folks. That's just how it is. They put black synonymous with crime. So you look at a situation um, like that where you know you lock up so many black people but you also have to sweep in you know sprinkle a few white folks in there so it doesn't look like you're just harming one group particularly that's why this border thing didn't work so well because you're only harming one group of people right so it just makes you look like a straight up uh outright bigot but we live in a colorblind society right now where you have to you know to get away with you you have to harm the majority of the group and then a majority of the group that you're targeting and then you just sprinkle in a couple of white folks in there so you'd be like hey hey this guy got harmed too you know so you have to just kind of sprinkle those folks in there if you don't uh, if you need better examples of that, just check out Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. That's what she banked. There's a whole chapter of her speaking on that, talking about uh, sometimes we call them white sacrifices, but it's one of those things where you know she talks about color blindness, color blindlessness, yeah, the era that we live in. And how you have to harm a majority group, but still sprinkle in, you know, some poor white folks to kind of make it look good, you know, that you really don't. The riffraff of, you know, your society, of white society. So we're going to see more policies like this come up, especially with these articles and these numbers coming out um, about the decline of the white race. So it's all about protecting your own, but it's just coming back to bite you in the ass, though, because it's one of those things where. If we weren't divided up by color and we were just like, hey, you're just people, you know, it, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. It just wouldn't. But we have this social uh, hierarchy, so-called hierarchy going on where it's, you know, white, yellow, red, brown, black. And it just has to supposedly stay like that. But actually, the hierarchy just goes white, non-white. That's all it go. That's pretty much how the fuck it goes. Um, So you'll see more fucked up policies. They'll keep on trying to do shit like that to kind of, you know, to kind of test the waters and see what the fuck they can get away with. But as long as people keep resisting, keep crying out you know and donating money to organizations that can combat these types of atrocities then it's one of those things where they know that oh okay we gotta step back we took it a little bit too far but i guarantee you if this border separation thing had some white folks sprinkled in it or another colored group uh, sprinkled into it Uh, it will still be going on I can I can I could I'll bet my last dime on that shit right there but um let's see what else did y'all see um that couple that got arrested at the Waffle House for refusing to pay for their order um so if you've seen the video it was up there last week I think Sean King and uh, a few more folks uh shared it on social media so basically what happened this couple ordered some food to go went to pick it up and it was more than what they were quoted over the phone so they asked the, the manager like yo why is this so much and it was something about some orange juice it's only a dollar if you dine in but it's a dollar fifty up charge so two fifty to carry it out so they charging you uh you know a dollar fifty for uh You know a styrofoam cup and some and a plastic top and a straw okay what the fuck ever so you know and then there were some more bogus charges on their receipt so they just wanted some answers you know and rightfully so i do it all the time but um the clerk called the police i was like nigga, what like the clerk really called the police and then the race soldier showed up instead of the police and they told them straight up that they need to go pay their bill or they will be arrested for theft they didn't have possession of the food at all there was still some of i think their money was still on the counter when the cops showed up so you forcibly telling somebody well you just gonna have to pay for this food or be arrested for theft nigga what the fuck and you know, it's one of those situations where the the brother tried to be calm at some point, but then he started, you know, getting a little loud and his lady was getting loud. It's just one of those things where you're caught. You know, you just have to be like a prisoner of war, just hands up. Okay, you got me. You fucking got me. You know, don't say nothing else. You know, just... You know lawyer up after this get some badge numbers lawyer up you know sue the hell out of them take them to civil court so you can you know take all their little pennies and things like that but you know a lot of times these Race soldiers disguised as cops, they want you to be emotional and irrational, so they'll have an irrational fear and blow your brains out or beat the shit out of you right then and there. So, you really have to be calm, cool, and collected in them situations like that. You just have to shut the fuck up and just keep it pushing. But it's some bullshit. It was some straight up bullshit. So, you go to Waffle House, and so I think black folks really need to just stop fucking with Waffle House. So, you go there, you know, you pick up your food, or you're trying to pick up your food, and they give you a total, and you're like, hey you didn't say that was that's that was that over the phone you got some questions about this that and the third and this motherfucker just called a cops on your ass like they know exactly what they're doing in this climate by calling the cops on you and um you know it just shows that these cops don't even know the fucking law they they just don't and i'll give you some ex- uh an example well i'll give you some examples um so I, I don't know if i talked about this on the podcast before but i used to live next to a crack alley in these apartments called the drakes and um or the drake court apartments uh and uh you know off of a, what was it, about 22nd and leavenworth and um so i'm trying to head to work cops have this street blocked off just you know and uh they were in one of these apartments uh in the crack alley and these apartments we call them crack alley because pretty much niggas was just selling crack up and down there and you had swerves up all up and down there so niggas was selling crack meth you know whatever the fuck you needed and uh you know it got kind of heartbreaking because a lot of the brothers who came over um from sudan would be up in them apartments you know uh strung off that shit and then you know drunk and uh, shit like that. So it just kind of sucked to see them come over to you know America and just get strung off, on, strung out on that shit and be winos and be meth heads and crackheads and shit like that. So yeah, these two cops, they were up in one of these apartments. They probably was probably running a train on a meth hole or some shit like that. So the car was still running. So I thought they were gonna come out pretty soon because I was just like, all right, what the fuck ever. And so. Uh, I'm like, okay, let me just back out and bounce uh, because they were blocking the one way. And there was, con- I think there was, I don't, I don't know if there was construction or not, but it was just the way that it always went. And so, um, so I, I was behind them, and I waited maybe like a minute or two. Then I just backed out, and I was like, okay, these niggas, these niggas ain't going nowhere. But so these niggas come down the steps, and they see me backing out. These motherfuckers, uh, you know double back pull me over and i'm like yo what am i being pulled over for tell me to cut off the car and uh, all this other shit and i'm like yo what am i being pulled over for don't worry about that like how do you tell me you pulling me over and you told me don't worry about that that's when i just shut the fuck up i was like okay they on that bullshit i ain't gonna say nothing else because they going to try to lay hands on me. I'm going to fight back and I'm going to just, you know, get my brains blown out here right here on Leavenworth Street. So, so I'm sitting in the car, hot as fuck. It's in the summer. Windows rolled down because uh, I had to cut, cut, turn off the car. And um, so they just sitting there. It was about half an hour. I swear to God, I had to, I text my boss. was like, yo, I'm going to be late. This is when I was working at uh, Target. And uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to be late. And uh, I got pulled over. So so she was like, okay, that's fine, and, um, so I base it, so I'm sitting there, just sitting, sitting, these motherfuckers, uh, you know, they huddled up together to come up with some bullshit, so they come back to the fucking car, write me a ticket for obstruction of you, because all my paperwork's immaculate, I just try to make sure that at all costs, you ain't about to catch me slipping down these streets, because these motherfuckers dirty out here, so you always make sure your, your paper's legit everything, so they couldn't catch me on shit, so obstruction of view so i had some uh, rosary beads this was my mom duke's car i was driving so it was um, some rosary beads that she had hanging up in the rearview mirror and i was like okay uh, how much is it oh you'll have to go to court for that i was like oh these niggas is tripping so i'm like okay so i, I just got their badge numbers i'm like i'll get your badge number and it was just like <laughs> yeah sure you know and they uh got it i wrote them down I, they gave them to me i wrote them down and i'm like okay this is some bullshit so i go to court you know, and it was like the following week uh, i had to go to court because they i think this was on a thursday or a friday that i got stopped so i had to wait till over the weekend and then i go to court and i'm just sitting there as the judge just calling folks up you know in traffic court just calling folks up left and right and i'm still sitting in this motherfucker and then he finally called me up to the bench and he's just like okay uh he's like why are you here and i'm like well they said i, I had to be here at 10 a.m da, da, da. he's like oh yeah the cops didn't even fill out the paperwork you're free to go and i'm like what i done wasted i missed the whole damn day at work i had to call in for work that day And I've been sitting in this motherfucker for like three hours. I was so pissed. So I wrote a letter uh, to the chief of police at the time uh, and filed a formal complaint against those officers. And I just got an apology. I should have lawyered up and sued. But at the time, I was, what, fucking 24? Um, I should have just fucking sued. That's what I should have did. But I was not thinking. You know, you that young. You don't be fucking thinking. And so... And then uh, I had another situation where um, I had this suburban, this big boy, and somebody tried to steal my front license plate, and and the shit was just hanging off they couldn't get that other screw off because license plates are fucking expensive in nebraska and i talked about this before you're gonna pay 10 percent of what you paid for your vehicle the final cost of your vehicle so you bought a you buy a big boy truck like a f-150 you pay 30 grand for it your goddamn plates are gonna be damn near three thousand dollars so them motherfuckers is a commodity here in the city right so somebody tried to steal my fucking plates off my my truck i guess they just got frustrated or some shit and so i just stuck it up in the dash i just stuck my uh my plates up in the dash the the uh front plate and i'm going down the boulevard coming from mom duke's house and uh, what, was what was it what was that um i was over there by uh the family dollar off north 30th and this fucking cop just hits a ue and pulls me over talking about uh, and again ran my paperwork you know uh registrations license insurance couldn't find nothing this motherfucker's twiddling his thumbs you know in the car then he then he comes back this is about 20 minutes uh here's a ticket for failure to display two plates i was like bro are you serious are you serious are you fucking serious so i went to court for that and you know what happened same shit same shit happened through the judge threw it out because what nothing you know, no paperwork was filed, uh, correctly, and I say that to say this, in both instances, you have to be violating, like, a first defense, like, with the obstruction of view, they have to catch you doing some shit, like, speeding, running a red light, rolling through a stop sign something like that a moving violation and then they ticket you for a secondary offense on those types of things so that's when i tell that's why i say that give those examples because a lot of times these cops don't even know the fucking law themselves that they're sworn to uphold you know and they harass the citizens that they're sworn to protect and it's always it's just you know i just hate dealing with fucking cops Hate it with a fucking passion. I really do. Because it always just turns into some bullshit when you're a black male. You could fucking call the cops for some shit like, oh, somebody. You know, somebody took a shit on my front step. This is like a human turd or some shit like that. These motherfuckers arrest your ass, talking about we need to take a DNA sample of you, and do you have any warrants? You know what I'm saying? Some bullshit like that. It's just just fucking frustrating to deal with these sons of bitches out here. And I'm not saying all cops. I'm talking about race soldiers disguised as cops. You know, it's one of those things where you just have to look at all of them a little bit fucking funny in the fucking life all right so um let me quit let me quit talking about ranting about police i'm getting mad about situations that i was in before but um yeah there's been just some bullshit situations where um the big homies have been locked up on some just some dumb shit there no not even locked up i remember one of my mans let me i said i was gonna stop talking about but i'm gonna talk about this one one of my mans he got caught up with uh um with a gun but it w- it wasn't loaded um i think he just copped it off somebody and uh he got arrested but my man's walked because he they didn't even read him his fucking miranda rights. so that's just another instance where you know a mu- these motherfuckers don't even know the law that they're sworn to uphold but anyways anyways let's move on did y'all see uh this situation this uh in- this situation this uh this headline whatever you want to call it is starting to catch some legs now uh, about these um, these two transgendered uh girls uh who uh won a track and field meet uh let's see here it was uh terry miller uh they uh, terry miller actually set records at the ciac state open track and field competition uh, uh he uh she uh placed first in the 100 and 200 meter dashes and then you also had uh andrea yearwood is uh, uh, another transgender came in second in the 100 meter dash and uh andrea actually won last year's meet at the 100 meter dash um and, man so uh coaches uh you know uh, parents are upset And uh, both of these are black folks right now uh, that I'm speaking of. These are, uh, you know, these were born men. I don't think they're taking hormone shots yet uh, to basically, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, lower their testosterone and boost the estrogen. And uh, man, this is uh, this is a slippery slope, boy. Um, Let's see here. Um, so they said sports. Was, uh, so the uh, CIAC said that you know where whatever a person identifies with, they th- they can compete in. And uh, man, these motherfuckers, they, these two folks just dusted these white girls. Just dusted them. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, I can't really say too much uh, because. You know, if you say something, then you're like saying that people will call you transphobic uh, or whatever. But this is a very touchy subject because you got two boys here who identify as girls competing in girls events, but they still have the the physiology of a male, you know, and a, a male is physically you know stronger and faster than a female because the male is supposed to be the protector that's just how that's why we have so much testosterone and you know that's why you know we're we're broad shoulders and you know just we're big we're naturally bigger than women we're supposed to be the protectors they're 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 the nurturers um and that's why you have male and female events sporting events you know what I'm saying? You don't have NBA players competing with WNBA players. You know, you don't have the women's soccer team competing with the men's soccer team. It's just, you know, it just wouldn't be fair to be so one-sided. But these boys threw on some wigs and, you know, threw some lace fronts on. And they went out there dipping and, you know, burning burning rubber out there on the damn track. Um, but they said one of these Competitors. I don't know which one is, uh, one of them competed last year or a couple years ago as a boy and, uh, came in, uh, uh, didn't, didn't place at all. But now that they're, you know, a woman and competing against, uh, you know, uh, born females, naturally born females, they up here, you know, uh, setting, you know, uh, date uh records you know the track records but you know this is one of those situations where it's you know up and down it's just not right i'ma just keep it 100 this shit ain't right it ain't right you know these these both individuals i don't believe were on any kind of hormone treatment so i think they was just out here in some crochet braids you know and they baby hair laid down and they was just out there you know just just sprinting away, just blowing away the competition, and it's easy. It's easy to be the big fish in a little pond. It is easy to do that. Very easy. But I think if we want to have these sort of events, well, it's just gonna have to be, you know, male events, female events, and transgender events. That's just what it's going to have to boil down to because physically it's just unfucking fair. Could you imagine, you know, you training all your life? just training your whole life you know uh, we'll, we'll use the track and field rec reference and you doing the 200 meter dash and right next to you is a goddamn cheetah but the cheetah was like oh i'm australian i'm an australian white male you know you got fucking chester cheetah right next to you and this motherfucker just dart off just takes off you've been training your whole life and you like, all my life, I had to fight. Now I gotta run against a fucking cheetah. No, that's not a cheetah. That's an Australian man, sir. You know, it's it's one of those situations. It's just physically, it is just not fucking fair. We just have to call a spade a spade. We just have to be fucking honest here. And I don't want to be up here sounding like some kind of Ben Shapiro ass motherfucker. But, you know, it's just physically, it is unfair. You, you just had two boys... And some baby hair lace front wigs, some Brazilian wavies out here just racing against girls. That's it. That's and you like, oh, it's fair, it's fair, because you want to be politically correct. No, you should have just been like, no, you can't compete until you know we check your hormone levels or something of that extent because they got they still got that testosterone boosting through their body you know, being generating from their balls, you know, just giving them a clear physical advantage. It's just fucking unfair. But I'm gonna just leave it at that. And I don't wanna, you know, I don't want people to treat me like they treated that Triple X Tentacion cat, you know, once somebody blows my brains out in these streets. You know, hopefully don't come to that. Hopefully I get, you know, I die of old age. But you know, uh if y'all been sleeping up under a rock a few days ago, triple X Tentacion, a rapper, uh, he was down in Florida uh somebody caught him slipping at the lights and you know killed that young man killed that young brother and uh you know i have to bring it back is there such thing as the perfect victim is there such thing as the perfect victim because i've seen on social media there isn't uh this young man had his brains blown out you know sitting at the lights uh some dusty nigga smoked him and um you know it was a situation of uh You know, I seen a lot of folks talking about how come George Zimmerman is still walking around, but y'all out here killing rappers, you know, shit like that, but, you know, dusty niggas gonna do what dusty niggas gonna do, you know what I'm saying, I remember back in the 90s, uh, a few of my OGs used to just be talking about, you know, the young boys coming up, you know, kids my age, you know, smoking each other and shit like that, you know, back in the 90s, you know, you just had gangbanging, it was just so goddamn tough back in the 90s, boy, just... Man, I remember uh what eighth grade? Like I lived in the all-crip neighborhood, uh, you know, over there by the half. And uh I was off of uh I was off of 37th and this is 40th Avenue And um man, I love the Bulls and the Spurs growing up. Like I loved David Robinson and uh I loved MJ. And I remember I got a pair of uh Jumpman, the team Jumpman is the first like team jumpmans, is like the red and black joints. And I was like, no, I want them Bulls colors. I want them because I could have got the black, white, and gold ones, or the uh, red, black, and silver ones because they had the little silver ball on the back. And I was thinking, okay, it got a little bit of Spurs on it, but it also got that red, black, and white, you know, for MJ and them Bulls, you know, that Bulls dynasty and uh I used to have to hop off the, the school bus and run home and change my shoes because I would either get my brains blown out if I was caught slipping or get the shit beat out of me from it for an inch of my life I remember I seen a nigga get his ass whooped up at the uh at the uh corner store because that nigga had red shoelaces in his shit and he was he was a bona fide crip too <laughs> <laughs> niggas beat the shit out of him behind uh maple street liquor just beat the plum shit out of him took his shoes off and was beating him with his shoes man i was just like god damn man that's crazy but yeah but they were just talking about you know how these young boys just out was out here you know just blowing each other's brains out and just you know killing each other over dumb shit and uh they it was just talking about like how come they ain't out here you know running like hitting these drive-bys out west you know what i'm saying hitting these motherfuckers where where the real money at and shit like that and uh, one of my OGs was just saying that, you know, hey, you know, uh, the, the cops protect white folks. You know, when they come out here, you know, they just expect us to blow our, blow each other's brains out. We're doing the jobs for them. But, you know, if they call some niggas, you know, they're going to stop some niggas before they uh, pull up in that, you know, in that box Chevy. You know what I'm saying? Or that Cutlass. They're going to catch them niggas, you know, before they even cross 72nd. I was just like, that's real. That's real. But i mean like i said dusty niggas gonna do what dusty niggas gonna do but let's go back to the perfect victim narrative so i was seeing uh folks um you know on twitter was like you know fuck that nigga you know he was homophobic uh, he beat the shit out of his pregnant girlfriend, and uh, all this other shit. Just was pretty much shitting on this man. So, this just lets me know that there's no perfect victim. Like the guy was his name, Stephon Clark. Mr. was which It was one of them them Clark brothers who got killed. And people found his old Twitter, and they found his girlfriend's Twitter, and she was shitting on black women, and he was shitting on black women, too, saying that he didn't like nothing black but an Xbox and all this other shit. So that kind of changed the narrative of, you know, it kind of changed the the scene. Like, oh, this nigga was a coon. And so it's one of those things, like, is there such thing as the perfect victim? And this brings me back to uh, Michelle Alexander's uh, new Jim Crow. And she breaks down some hidden gems when it's talking about... um, uh, miss rosa park situation and then they were talking about the young lady beforehand that the naacp was going to use uh you know in the montgomery uh bus boycott you know they was gonna as far as them suing about uh you know discrimination and things of that sort. but they couldn't use the young lady uh beforehand the teenage young lady because she got pregnant by an older man and uh they there was those it was those um It was those uh, respectability politics that ran the NAACP, so they needed the perfect victim, so they needed somebody like Rosa Parks, who, you know, kept her head down, Uh, she did good good work for the community, she was a staple in the community, no kind of scandal, she came from a good family, because there was another woman that they were going to use too, uh, after the team, but her father... Uh, was a drunkard. He was a town drunk or some shit like that. So they couldn't use her because they could slander her character. So they needed the perfect victim. And so I still feel like today we kind of have them sentiments right now. Um, and so when it, people say Black Lives Matter, it says Black Lives Matter to an extent. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, well, well, for the nigga coon. Hey, he hey, that nigga got it what he was asking for. You know, if this nigga was, you know, anti LGBTQ, I A A, that nigga got what he was deserved. That nigga put hands on his girlfriend, that's just karma. You know, so it's it's where do we draw the line at? Because it's like, oh, so just kill the riffraff in the community, that's fine. Just kill them niggas over there. But what makes you think, you know, when they kill them niggas over there, they don't come for your black ass. You know what I'm saying? so that's in a situation where you're looking at the establishment you know race soldiers disguised as cops is killing folks but then you see dusty niggas you know trying to kill and try to come up you know that's one of those things where you just say that's just fucking sad you know we really we can't afford to be out here still out here blowing somebody's brains out because they out here shining and you know doing their thing and you know on the real a lot of these cats you know these rappers and shit like that you all gotta stop you know just rolling solo dolo and shit like that you need security there's nothing wrong with security there's nothing wrong with that because there is some some dusty jealous ass niggas out here that's just what it is and we seen that what happened with this triple x tentacion cat you know you're seeing folks getting set up and robbed You know, by their own people. you seen Safari crying a few months ago, uh, how his his own man set him up to get robbed and shit like that. So, you know, you just have to watch the company you keep and you just can't be out here just solo dolo like that. You just really can't and you know this is a touchy subject for me because you know i understand the frustrations of people you know especially speaking about like a coon getting killed by police but uh you know to those in the establishment you know in the uh dominant society we all just one big nigga it don't matter if you're a rich nigga or a poor nigga you know you're still a nigga just like you know ho said in the story of oj that's all that chorus means no matter what the fuck you do you still just a nigga. And that's just what the fuck it boils down to. But, um, you know, and it's so it's a touchy subject because you just feel like, God damn, like, you know, he didn't have to be like pro blacky black, you know, out in these streets. But you can't just be shitting on your own women, you know, like to your mama, your grandma. You got killed in your grandma's backyard, a black woman, you know what I'm saying? And you can't be dating a non-black person who's shitting on black women. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, running around here saying nigga, you know, up and down, left and right. You just can't fucking do that. You can date outside your race all day until the cows come home. But don't be out here dating somebody that's disrespecting your own people, your own family. That's just some shit that you don't do. So I understood the frustration when those tweets came out from black folks. I understood that. Um, in this situation with Triple X and Tacion, I understood the frustration uh from those in the lgbtqia and uh from women but you don't want to wish death on anybody that's just something you don't want to do that's just it's tasteless it's classless and it just shows that you're stooping down to a lower level than that so-called victim you know but i just posed that question to y'all do do you think that there is a such thing as the perfect victim and I'm going to let you ponder that and I'm going to leave it to my nigga Hove, Hove. what you got to say? Yeah. Don't be the next tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right. Thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope. Um, selling hope like dope. We have to give it to Christianity. We have to. We really do i say that to say this uh university of north carolina psychologists uh they did a little study they found that most christians think that god looks a lot like them and he's not a sheep all right so i found this on nbc news they tweeted this out uh was this last week late last week and so the university of uh (laughs) north carolina did a a little study where they took a uh uh, the psychologist took a study and they did a sample of about five a little bit over 500 americans uh let me get the breakdown for you hold on just a second uh let's see here it was 330 men 181 women uh 74 percent were white 26 percent were black um they had them look through a bunch of uh pairs of faces and um you know they were like well what does god look like to you and um the professor one of the professors kirk gray said that people and i quote people tend to believe in a god that looks like them and most of the people who took part were male and white so most of these folks um you know most of these americans thought that god the almighty looked like a white male okay and and (laughs) he's and uh the researchers were surprised that women most of the women thought that the most high was a male and they also were surprised that many of the black americans saw god as white and with twinkling eyes now what did brother malcolm say in uh the ballad or the bullet towards the end Didn't he say he said um if you go to a black church that has a white jesus up on the wall that's white they practice in white nationalism and that's all the image of jesus christ is is a white man with long hair and a goatee and uh looks like an 80s rocker but that's who your god is and so when you do things like that so most and black folks love the church they do they love the church and uh most of these churches have a white god inside of it there's a white man up on the cross with his head hanging down or there's a white man up on them stained glass windows and this this samples this study even though the sample was only 511 americans most of the black folks in this group thought of god as a white man and it explains so much and it backs up how the true religion in america is white supremacy that's what the fuck it breaks down to that's what it always always has broken down to so the white man is your god that's you know that's what it just that's it is it's finally there's proof because people have been saying this for years you know they try to you know write it, oh it don't matter what god looked like well if it didn't matter how come god is a white man in this in in these in america how come he is a white male if it didn't matter what the lord looked like the almighty the most high Allah if it doesn't matter what the creator looks like why is he white and male because it's a form of fucking control so when you come across a white male you automatically think this man is from the creator is is uh God is created everybody in his image, but they gave us the image of a white 80s rocker. So when you see a white man, boom, you're conditioned to, oh, this man is the almighty. Man, y'all really just, I want y'all to really just go through this article and just read it. But just read that part. It's a short article, very short article. But that part is surprised researchers. When women, they thought the almighty, the most high was a male. And black folks saw God as a white male with twinkling eyes. Jesus Christ. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it. This portion of do rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L. As in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to Target um we know we know father's day you know just passed you know last week and um they had a card a goddamn baby daddy card uh sitting up there uh for father's day and it has a black couple kissing now that's what I wouldn't have had an issue with it if it was just like maybe a stork or something and it said baby daddy or some shit like that but it has a black couple kissing on the front it says baby daddy Now, on the inside, there's nothing really too cringeworthy in it, except the words, my baby daddy. But it says on the inside, you're a wonderful husband and father, and I'm so grateful to have you as my partner, my friend, and my baby daddy. Happy Father's Day. Ain't that some, that is some bullshit, boy. That is a bullshit. Now, if you got a husband, that ain't your goddamn baby daddy so they just trying to do some little slick shit here but uh target pulled the card after uh somebody posted it online i think on their instagram and uh it just went viral and uh people were just harassing target left and right inside and out and uh rightfully so and then uh spokesperson from target said we want all guests to feel welcome and respected when they shop at target we were made aware of some concerns about this card last week, and are working with our vendor to have it removed from Target stores. We appreciate the we appreciate the feedback and apologize. It's never our intent to offend any of our guests with the products we sell. Um, that card was as offensive as hell, having some black folks on there talking about baby daddy, but then on the inside is talking about husband. Like you just trying to get some slick shit you know popping off and it's just just very cringe worthy so whoever the vendor is who you know made that card i don't know who it is if it's hallmark or the one with the rose or whatever American, whatever whoever made it y'all need to stop like just fucking stop that's just very cringe worthy and target has to hold this l um i was gonna have uh old girl on there that uh permit patty woman on here holding this L but she just doing what white folks do that's it uh we know now we should we've been known that um that's all you know most of these these suspected white supremacists do these uh they just call the cops on black folks it don't matter who you are you don't matter the age i mean you seen what happened with uh the young boy tamir rice And I think what today would have been his birthday or yesterday, something. I think it was pretty close to his birthday. And uh, there was somebody who called the cops on him and they got some race soldiers instead of the cops because he was out there playing with a with a BB gun or a pellet gun. And the guy on the phone even said that he thinks it's a fake gun or a toy gun or some shit like that. And those cops, those race soldiers, rolled up and blew their brains out. And if you don't know that, Permit Patty was the little chunky white lady that uh, was going to call the cops on a little black girl for selling water outside of the apartment building or something of that extent. And then people dug into her background and they saw that she. Um, She uh, sold like cannabis infused uh, dog products and uh, like dog treats and shit like that. And she doesn't have a permit for that. So it's just one of those, uh, what what do they call it? Uh, um, I'm white and I say so, you know, kind of things going on in this whole situation. Uh, But this is nothing new. Um, It's very disgusting Uh, that we're seeing. It's always been happening. We're just catching it on video. That's the only thing that's different now. We have you know an audio recorder or your video recorder and we have the internet at the power of our fingertips with our smartphones right now we're essentially carrying a goddamn computer in our hands so we're just seeing more and more of this this is nothing new under the sun you know um there was an article and i'm gonna see if i can find it and link it in the uh, show notes but there was an article talking about uh how 911 operators, how that's pretty much the majority of their calls is white folks calling on uh, black people in their neighborhood. And you see all kinds of different articles that pop up. Like I seen one that was about, I think this happened a, maybe a couple of years ago, or uh, about a cop that was searching for some evidence uh, through a neighborhood and he had on his uniform and somebody called the cops on him. Because the call went out about a suspicious black male with a flashlight, and in the vicinity of where he was at, and he re- he responded to the call like it's me. Then I saw another article floating around about a fire black firefighter had the cops called on him, and then was it a few weeks back? Uh, you had that real estate investor had the cops called on him because he was, uh, you know, inspecting the home that he was uh, getting ready to potentially buy and flip. And uh, that woman called the cops, and luckily, them cops, you know, they weren't race soldiers. They actually checked her for uh, calling the cops on him, and she still was talking crazy, talking about he need to hurry up and all this other shit. And um, there's a what is that? That next door app. And then uh, there's some other apps uh, where like neighborhood associations get together and that's pretty much all they talk about is, sus- is suspicious black folks. I mean, it's just like a goddamn pastime. But I will try to find that article and uh, post it in the links about, um, you know, how much white folks call the cops just for suspicious people of color, more specifically black folks. Um, but they know exactly what they're doing when they're contacting um, the laws and then i know i should have put this back on the summer jam screen um but did y'all see uh as i'm recording recording this this uh hold this l a little bit uh actually today which is tuesday uh the 26th of june but did y'all see the damn um video of Dame dash um confronting uh lee daniels about the couple million dollars that he owed uh dame so Dane put you know some projects on hold back in i don't know back in the early 2000s maybe about you know 10 years more than 10 years ago something i don't know but he gave him some money. He gave him like $2 million for Precious. And he'd been going to court. He'd been, you know, firing off on him in interviews and stuff. Like, yo, I need my money. And he finally caught up with that man. And uh, Lee Daniels admit that he was wrong. He was like, I'm wrong, you know, trying to, you know, because Dame was bringing that goddamn, that big pimp and, you know, Def Jam Offices energy uh, when he saw Lee Daniels. You know, when he saw him face-to-face, like, yo, you owe me my money. Because basically he... B- believed in Lee Daniels in this project, which is Precious, and it ain't no reason why Lee Daniels couldn't pay this man back because Precious blew up. Uh, what, what he has the show Empire now, uh, didn't he do uh, The Butler? Um, doesn't he have another show on Fox? So he's been ducking and dodging this man for over a decade, and uh this was just it was just a sight to see and um you know monique been calling out lee daniels for years for the fuckery he been doing if y'all listen to you know um, her and sydney's uh, open relationship podcast i don't know it's not updating on itunes anymore on that podcast i think it's just um like they just do it live or some shit like that but there was a great episode where she just tells every fucking thing all the little dirtball shit that uh, you know, Lee Daniels was doing and to see that, you know, him being confronted, 'cause like Dane been firing off on him for years and so has Monique. Uh but just to see him confronted and shit like that is just like wow. Like bro, you don't have to hold his L and pay Dame his money back, but you know, hopefully Dane will you know get some interest on top of that and you know that's just video evidence right there cuz he admitted that he was wrong and like how you duck and dodge this man for all these years and he invested in your dream now that's some fucked up shit and especially you know after the the Rockefeller breakup and you know Dame was kind of struggling for a little bit of money you know a few years back You know, and I I guarantee two mil gonna put anybody up on their feet or help them get caught up on, you know, bills and shit like that when you live in a lavish lifestyle like that or, you know, giving you another head start, you know, a good start. It's just like, yo, I invested in you and your dream and this is some sucker shit that you try to pull on me. And um, I know people are just like, this is why black folks don't like doing business and things like that, but it's just shady people uh, all over of all colors. But you just don't. Do you know your own people like that? You know what I'm saying? You just gonna, you know, play my man's to the left like that. Like, I'ma just keep ducking and dodging this man. Like eventually, somebody gonna catch up with your ass. You know, it's going to catch up with you, but you know, Lee Daniels, I guess you just really have to hold this L. But that was just very, very eye-opening. You win perfect. All right, so moving on. Not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it to uh Terrence Bud Crawford, not only for his win, but also getting a street named after him, and also the brother, of the Army Staff Sergeant Kyle Lafleur. May he rest in peace. He's also getting a street named after him. The City Council just voted here in Omaha, uh, and on the north side, uh, we're gonna have two new street names. So you got um. Uh, Larimore Avenue between 34, 31st Ave and 33rd Street that'll be uh, Terrence Bud Crawford Street and that's where he was uh, born and raised on that stretch of Larimore and then 29th Street between Meredith and Fowler Ave that'll be um, designated for the brother um, uh, Army uh, Staff Sergeant Kyle LaFleur so that'll be known as uh, Kyle Wayne LaFleur Street that's where he grew up and um you know they did catch a bunch of people you know connected to his homicide so may that brother rest in peace uh like i said it was nothing but just some jealous dusty niggas that you know uh you know took that young man's life and uh shout out to the city council for uh you know just doing the right thing you know his family championed for it and uh you know they said that this is helping with the healing process and uh, as for, uh, you know, Bud Crawford, uh, he is a great inspiration, you know, for these little for these little babies over the, down north, you know, over here on the north side. So that'll be dope, you know, for I know a bunch of people probably going to be taking pictures of the street signs and things like that. Um, so nothing but love and respect, you know, uh, to the city council for doing the right thing. And, um, you know, and to these brothers for being a great inspiration, you know, the uh, Staff Sergeant um, LaFleur that brother he did two tours in afghanistan and two in iraq and then he was uh he returned home you know doing a tour of duty in south korea so he, he been through some things but then he come home and some dusty jealous niggas wanted to smoke him so um you know uh, like i said before uh this is helping the family with the healing process um and this is a great way to remember uh a great young man and uh you know not all heroes were capes. shout out to you know bud crawford and may the uh brother uh army staff sergeant uh kyle lafleur may he rest in peace all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth um this is a quote that comes from unknown uh we're just seeing a lot of a lot of uh A lot of things going on in this country a lot of people are being tested a lot of folks are feeling empowered because we have who we have sitting up uh, on Pennsylvania Ave Um, you know so a lot of uh, folks certain kind of folks are feeling empowered and uh, there's so many videos and things like that coming out uh, showing these folks uh, feeling so bold and taking it back to a time where this was acceptable Uh, But the problem is, people aren't accepting it in this time, in this era, in this decade. Uh, There was a video of a uh, a white supremacist female. She was attacking a uh, Hispanic man verbally, you know, hurling all kind of racial epithets at him and uh, stereotyping him. And he was just trying to do some work on a house in the neighborhood uh just a few hours ago there was a video of this uh this uh another uh white supremacist female who was attacking a little black boy a black teen um at a swimming pool that he was invited to him and his friends were invited to a neighborhood swimming pool and she was like slapping the boy in his head and shit. and i'm gonna tell y'all something uh somebody puts their hands on you you have a god-given right to protect and defend yourself it's just a god-given right it's not a civil rights issue it's a human rights issue if someone has the audacity to put hands on you you try to put them in the ground that's just all that it boils down to don't let anybody put their hands on you and attack you you just don't you know i get so tired of people uh being called you know uh, different uh you know uh you know, bigoted names or uh, racial slurs and they go on Twitter with the video and like, Twitter do your thing. Let's get them fired and all this other shit. Fuck getting them fired. Why you didn't do nothing in the moment? You see what I'm saying? So, um this quote is like I said, it comes from Unknown and it says, uh, you don't have to accept the things you're not okay with. And just last night, me and the wife went to um went to uh the movies and we saw the documentary about Andre Leon Talley now that's the brother the tall towering brother who uh wrote for Vogue and he's always at these uh fashion shows and he just knows fashion like the back of his hand and I'm watching the documentary very very good documentary you guys should watch it um even if you don't care about fashion it's just interesting to you know, hear this black man, you know, just his love of fashion. Like, he can just talk about fashion and clothes in a way that is just amazing. And then his French is impeccable. He, he graduated with a degree from Brown University in uh, French Studies. And uh, and there's one scene. It's just a heartbreaking scene. Heartbreaking scene. Um, and the, the movie is called The uh, The Gospel According to Andre. Um, And uh, so there's this scene where he's just kind of reflecting on life because he's like almost 70 and uh, he's just reflecting on past experiences. And he was brought up in the Jim Crow South uh, and he went to a high school that demanded excellence because they knew that it was that it's that old um, black rule that we still have to this day. You got to get you got to work twice as hard as the white man you know to get to you know to get half of what he has you know it's, it's that attitude so they demanded nothing but excellence and always taking a high road you know and keeping your nose up in the air and you know just keeping you know keeping your dignity in the most uh inhumane situations you know when you're being treated like shit you know they putting their hands on you beating the shit out you you know sicking the dogs on you you still keep your head high and all this other shit to try to appeal to the humanity of these savages right so there's this part where he because he's uh you know he's he's such a towering figure you know this is a tall black man just knows how to dress and he loves fashion and he Speaks French like a native, and so he goes to uh, Paris. He goes to France, and um, and so he's uh, he was talking to somebody, um, somebody, uh, some. It was either a designer or an editor uh, for a magazine, and they were trying to figure out how he was getting these exclusives with all these high-end designers and then you know he was talking about uh you know he was telling Andre that you know you must be you know sleeping around with these uh designers and shit like that and uh you know and he's talking about it and you just see his heart breaking because he know how hard he worked and um just how he loved fashion and what he had to do you know to kind of kick down those doors and get these exclusive interviews and uh, it's crazy because uh anna winter was talking about how if it wasn't for andre she don't think she would be where she is today because of his sense of him knowing fashion and things like that like he knew it inside and out better than her so he actually boosted her and she learned a lot from him and so that was kind of amazing to see because you know everybody you know, hold her up on this pedestal and things like that, and uh, but she actually credits Andre for, you know, where she is today, and you know, her sense of fashion, and how she looks at fashion, and things like that and, uh, you know, but going back to what that that editor or that designer said to him about him getting those exclusives, like he was bed-hopping all through France, you know just putting that shit on him and you uh, just seen his heart breaking, because he said that he didn't say anything back about it, you know, and he was like, he was so offended that somebody would, you know, uh, compare him to like a black buck. You know, then he started thinking about, you know, Jim Crow South, his ancestors and plantation bucks and, you know, just different things like that. And you just seen his heart was just breaking and he's tearing up. And this is and you can tell that he hadn't addressed this issue at all and it was just eating them and then when he was at another um, uh, at uh, another magazine or newspaper, I can't remember, uh, they would call him Queen Kong. So they would uh, call him Queen Kong, and that's what really broke his heart. You know, like he's this big gay ape. And, um, and he said at the time that he didn't say anything about it. He didn't address it. You know, he was always taught to rise above it and shit like that. And you just saw you know the heartbreak and him tearing up and crying talking about this and you know that he internalized this for all these years you know he internalized it and just held it in for so long and then he was finally letting it out and then the tears came flowing out but that's the problem in those situations you have to nip that shit in the bud right then and right there and I know he didn't want to come off as the you know the angry black man the militant black man but you're not going to disrespect me to my face right here right now and I'm just supposed to let this shit roll off my back it just doesn't work like that because it ends up harming you 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 know uh, if you internalize shit like that if you internalize uh, you know bigotry and you know just shit that affects you deeply and you don't say shit about it because you want to be you want to be the exceptional negro and take the high road you know it just eats at you and eats at you and eats at you and then you get it out all these years later but at the same time all that pain you've been dealing with because you internalize and you like oh I wish I would have said something I should have said something and you know or you bury it so deep and when you finally talk about it it just you know it's the core of so many other problems in your life and so that's why i chose this quote right here and uh my man jadakiss put it uh so eloquently in his 40 bars of terror uh freestyle and he said never hold nothing in you supposed to check niggas and that's that's the mantra that i live by don't let anybody i don't care who it is say some slick shit to you and try to get away with it you know i don't care if it's your goddamn boss i don't care if if you are you a grown-ass person It's a member of your family if that shit is fucks with you and hits a nerve you let a motherfucker know what time it is you can't internalize this shit or just try to brush it off like it ain't shit because if it's something like an opinion of somebody that you value is going to fuck with you and if it's somebody who has an uh, authoritative position over you is going to fuck with you cuz you like oh I can't say nothing cuz it's going to fuck with my job or whatever like this but at the same time you just you had to let that shit go and you know if it's in a professional setting you're going to have to just let a motherfucker know in a professional way you know what time it is and you ain't the one you know and then with all these situations that we see out here on these streets like it just made me so angry seeing this woman slapping this little black boy upside his head you know, telling them, calling them punks, and telling them to get out. Now she was arrested for third degree assault, and then she was a, a, uh, got another charge on her. Could be because she assaulted the police officer once the cops came, and uh, they got her for resisting arrest and assaulting an officer too. But in those situations, don't ever let a motherfucker put their hands on you. That's just something. Uh, you know My whole family will tell you that You don't put your goddamn hands on anybody Like if, you, if somebody put their hands on you You try to put them in the ground Like that's just how I was raised Don't put your fucking hands on me Like I hate that type of shit Like don't touch me Don't push me Don't do nothing don't even fucking brush past me if we're in an argument or something just don't put your damn hands on me i don't play that shit and most people and more people need to keep that goddamn same kind of energy that i have don't fucking touch me you know what i'm saying but (laughs) i know i'm kind of going off on some some deep shit but that's just how it is that's just that's that's that code that my family has don't put your fucking hands on me don't touch me but You know, just seeing, I just couldn't, like, just the feeling that I got uh, watching that movie, uh, you know, The Gospel According to Andre, when he was talking about that, I was just like, I just couldn't imagine not saying nothing, having some bullshit fire off like that. You know, I just couldn't imagine internalizing that and holding that shit in just because just how i was raised and how i was brought up don't put your hands on me and if some shit bothering you you gotta get that shit up off your chest and let a motherfucker know what time it is just it's just that's just how i was raised i wasn't raised on that high road shit putting your nose in the air and you better than this no you if a motherfucker gonna go low i'ma go 10 feet deeper than them you know and so in these situations and in these times we have these savages out here who think just because you know you got a, a a white nationalist in the white house that you can do this shit in the street well i'm gonna tell you this right now you don't have secret service with you and I and you it's gonna take a minute for you to call 911 and you still gotta get to that goddamn phone. So i let you know, you know, you you put your hands on me. It's gonna take you're you gonna have to reach for that phone. It's gonna be a minute before you get to that phone. I'll tell you that right now. If I don't break all ten of your goddamn fingers, you're gonna be dialing 911 with your nose. And I think everybody just needs to really have that mentality. I'm not telling you to go out there and beat the shit out of somebody, but don't let a motherfucker put their hands on you, and don't let a motherfucker disrespect you. I don't care who it is you you have some goddamn pride in yourself of who you are and how you carry yourself you know keep your head up high you can you know keep that nose in the air all the fuck you want but don't let nobody disrespect you and stop taking a goddamn high road michelle obama was fucking wrong i tell you that right now she was goddamn wrong talking about when they go low we go high fuck that fuck that ain't nobody got no millions of dollars out here to be you know crying into a hundred dollar bill you know somebody call you a nigga somebody call you a nigga you gonna have to let them know what time it is and that you don't play that shit and if they want to lay hands we can throw hands so but that's that's all i really have to say but that's been episode 126 of Do Rags and boat shoes and if i have enough time this week i'm gonna go ahead and try to knock out another episode it's just you know as i'm working on summertime hours i just got so much going on outside of you know the podcast and but i'm still always taking notes always reading and i just finished uh rereading well actually listening to uh the new jim crow and uh, then i just started listening to uh killers of the flower moon that is an amazing book I'm uh um, I'm pretty much done with it. I I got like maybe 3 chapters left, but that is an amazing book. So if y'all really like it's a non-fiction book, but it's written like a narrative like a story like a fiction book. And it gives you, you know, the perspective of the Osage Indians and then of the FBI agents and then of a news reporter towards the end. If you don't know what it's about, it's basically about the birth of the FBI and how they had to investigate the Osage uh, Indian tribe murders. So basically, it's a whole damn conspiracy. You have these Osage Indians who were pushed out of their home territories into a different, you know, into the badlands in Oklahoma. But, um lo and behold up under the that the badlands was just it was just chopped full of oil and so basically uh these uh osage indians were getting all this money for leasing out their lands to uh different uh you know oil companies and they were getting you know just thousands of dollars yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh i think it was a total of like uh, it was like 30 million which was the equivalent of about 400 million dollars today uh with how much money that they had but the government fucked them up because they they wouldn't let them osage indians um spend their money as they pleased. they actually had like white financial advisors or handlers who was robbing them folks left and right and so the story follows a uh, one osage uh, lady named Molly and her sisters uh have been killed off and they think it's a conspiracy to actually get like the inheritance money and things like that so it's basically you know white men poisoning and killing these osage indians so it's, it's, it's a good book it's a really really good book Um, so I'm on that right now and it just, it was, it was mind blowing to see, you know, how low some of these folks will stoop to get a few dollars. But these, these Osage Indians were millionaires and I was kind of hurt hearing that they had servants, but the majority of their servants was black and Mexicans, but they had like a couple of white chauffeurs. I'm just like, God damn. Like this is what, this is why black folks are on this hold your own nuts movement because you know the more that you look back at history and different groups and shit like that and how they just shit on black folks now i know that they had them hired help but they just taking a page out the white man's book and like oh okay i'm gonna give me some negro servants too you know and then we have this situation going on with these uh hispanic cats you know the, the mexicans you know being banned uh you know the kids being broken up from their homes and shit like that and uh you know it's a very sad situation but you know we you know these other groups want black folks to be at the front boo-hoo and crying fighting a good fight so sympathy will be felt and the struggles can be compared to the black struggle and then some legislation will be passed but then when it's time for uh y'all to return the favors it's just you know we just standing there like where y'all at you know so that's why this situation is kind of happening like that and black folks have always been the canaries in the cages and the coal mines warning you about you know uh the trumpito or the cheeto in chief it's just like that one lady uh, i forgot her name it's a mexican lady um she's about to be deported and her husband served in the army or something like that and he voted for Trump and she thought that because her husband voted for Trump she shouldn't be deported well he about to get your brown ass up out the paint and so so many of these people come over here in the states and they fall just right in line with uh, so-called american patriotism but it's really just white nationalism white supremacy disguised as being a uh, patriotism and they just fall right in line oh okay to get in good with y'all i need to shit on black folks so that's why you're just kind of seeing most black folks falling back and not really talking about these issues at hands that's affecting other groups it's just like what's happening with the muslim ban you see what's going on right now from these muslim countries you got the supreme court pretty much upheld saying that it was constitutional that trump can ban these people from these countries uh, but you ain't got nobody out here really you know marching black folks marching in, uh, you know doing what we do best uh trying to plead to the uh humanity of these uh these savages out here we're not doing that and it's just because even under president obama we've seen the birth of the black lives matter movement and all this um you know all these police uh killings and you're not seeing any love justified back you might see a sprinkle or two of some uh some uh, non-whites out there but it's not enough of y'all so i mean that's just why you're seeing so much of the whole joan nuts thing going on you know we we are sending thoughts and prayers you know that's just how it goes um but uh god bless and uh to my listeners i love y'all and nothing but love and respect and i will see y'all um next week or later on this week one